Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome to the Life and Torah of Our Leaders. Tuesday mornings. Tuesday mornings at 11.30 with First Seder Bismedrish. Wonderful learning program, interactive, many shiurim. Please go to firstseder.org or email Rabbi Greenspan at rabbigreenspan at firstseder.org for more information. Join the live shiurim. To join virtually, like I'm here in Cleveland, and giving shear to the Bismedrish there in Philadelphia. Wonderful program. The Shiurim for Chaydish Cheshvan have been sponsored by myself and my siblings, the Gross Londoner and Newman families, Lili Nishmas Rebariya ben Reb Tzvi, and my mother Hinda Bas Shmuel Hakayin Shalom, whose yard sites were last week. Okay, Baruch Hashem, as we continue our learning about the Paiskim of Kalal Yisrael. So, when we, we mentioned last week the different Paiskim that we have already talked about over the last year and a half or so. And if we've gone through Shulchan Aruch, and in Arachayim we've learned about the Taz and the Mogan Avram, in Yeridea the Taz and the Shach, in Chayshem with the Shach, and last week the Sma. And the last of the four Turim, in Shulchan Aruch is, is Evan HaEzer. Evan HaEzer, the halachas of marriages and gittin and things along those lines. So today we're actually going to go through the two Naisei Kalim, the two commentaries on Evan HaEzer, the lives of the Chalkas Mechaikek and the life of um, the life of the Chalkas Mechaikek and the life of the Beis Shmuel. And the reason is because there's actually very little information on their lives, and uh, we're able to learn about both of them together here in one shir. Now, just to understand who the um, Chalkas Mechaikik and the Beis Shmuel were, the Naida Yehuda, in a tshuva, in Tinyana, Avanezer Kovdalad writes, Vine offer ve'eferani tachas kapis ragle shnehach roinim bizman v'rishoinim b'mailo. I am dirt and ashes under the feet of two achroinim bizman, meaning to say the times that they were living, they're considered the achroinim. However, rishainim b'mayla, they're like rishainim in their stature. Hagoinim bal chalkas mechaykek uvei shmuel, the chalkas mechaykek in the bei shmuel. Vein ani kedai lepalpa b'divrem. He says, I'm not fit to even talk and be mefalpel and talk and learning in their words. Um, and if not for their words, without for the words of the Chalkas Mechaikik and the Bei Shmuel, Rav of Shulchan Aruch, and he means Evan Ha'ezer, would be like a very closed, sealed Sefer. And if you let go of them, it's as if you're letting go from life and will not be able to understand Evan Ha'ezer. That's to put into perspective here who we're talking about. So we're first going to talk about the Chalkas Mechaikik, whose name was Reb Moshe Lima. And he was Nifter, it seems, Chaf Beis Cheshvan, which is coming up next week. It's still, it's not very clear, it's not very clear exactly where that date come from, comes from. And in fact, the year of his Petira is also not so clear, but it seems to be Tuf Yud Zayin, which would be 1656. His father's name was Reb Yitzchak Yehuda. And uh, he was born in the city of Slonim. Slonim is in Lita. And he was born 
assuming he was nifter in the year um, sixteen fifty six in Tav Yud Zayin, so he was born Be'erech in the year Shin Samach Dalit sixteen o four or sixteen o three. As we'll see later, his son writes he was nifter at the age of fifty three. Um, he learned in Krakow. In the yeshiva of Rabbi Yeshua, the Magine Shloimai, we've talked about the Magine Shloimai many times already, so he learned in his yeshiva. Now, I saw numerous places that it says either he learned or he was a friend, also with the Rebbe Reb Heschel from Krakow. However, the problem is the dates don't really work out, because the Rebbe Reb Heschel didn't come to Krakow until the year 1655. And we said he was Nifter in about 1656. And before that, the Rebbe Reb Heschel was in Lublin. Maybe one day we'll do the Rebbe Reb Heschel's life. And he was in Lublin. Maybe he was his friend from somewhere else. I don't know where they came across each other. So the fact that everywhere, almost everywhere of the Taldas, which again, there's not a lot of, they say he learned by him or he was his friend. I'm not sure exactly where that comes from. But he for sure learned by the Megine Shloimai in Krakow. Now, he went back to his hometown and he became the Rav in Slonim. We don't know exactly what year that was. However, um, in the Tshuva's Go'ine Basra, in a Tshuva that's written to the Bach, he signs the, the Tshuva there, Moshe ben Rabbi Yitzchak Yehuda, HaMechuna Liva. Now, this is interesting. Everywhere it says his name is Lima. Over here, it seems it's signed Liva with two Vavs. Unless it's a mistake and it's supposed to be those two Vavs are supposed to be a Mem, or maybe the Mem's supposed to be two Vavs. Again, I'm very not sure. There's not a lot of information. But he signs it, HaChayna Poi Slanim, who's living here in Slanim, Rishchaydish Nishsan Shin Sadi Zayin, which is 1637. He was already in Slanim. So assuming he was born in uh, 1603, he was in his early 30s when this letter was this tshuva was written. Again, I don't know um, what year he came to Slonim. Now, in Simon Yodzayin and Ebenezer, his son brings a tshuva from Rev Meir, the father of the Shach. When we talked about the Shach, we talked about this tshuva. And Rabbi Meir, the father of the Shach, um, there was a tshuva back and forth between the two. But when his son brings it, he says, this is a tshuva and a shayla that Reb, um, that uh, that the Mechelkes Mechaikek asked, when he was the Rav and the Rosh Hashiva in his younger years, in the, in the city of Slanim in Lita. So his son refers to his Rabbanus in Slanim as in his Yaldus, in his young years. Now Rameyer, the... Um, Rav Meir, the, um, the father of the Shach, starts off the tshuva, which is usually a term used for G'dayli Olam, like they say from Moshe Rabbeinu till Moshe the Rambam, there was no one like Moshe, they then used it from the Rambam to the Ramah, and over here, the father of the Shach is writing to Reb Moshe Lima, and it seems he's saying, Mi Moshe ve'ad Moshe, the first Moshe seems to be the Ramah. Now the Ramah didn't live that much before him, maybe a hundred years, but to say from Moshe ad Moshe, Lekam ke Moshe, is a very, very a strong approbation to who Reb Moshe Lima was, and like we're saying, this was Bialdusai, his young age, whether he was in his 20s or 30s, I don't know the date, 
but Bialdusa um, Yinslanim, um, he already wrote about him this title, Mimoshe Vead Moshe Lekam Kamoshe. Now, after Slanim, he became a, he was a rav in two more cities. He was a rav in Vilna, and he was a rav in Brisk. Now, there's also in the history books, it's not very clear when each rabbanus took place and which one was first. But through my research, I think we could surmise the following: um, It seems that he was for sure in Vilna before the year Tuf Tesvav. And we know this already, because in the year Tuf Tesvav, which is 1555, the Cossacks came, this was still the Shirayim of Tach Vitat, and they overran Vilna. We learned about this in the Shach's life. We learned about this more recently in the Ber HaGoyla's life, that he writes about in Nakdama. So in Tuf Tesvav, Vilna was destroyed, and everyone had to leave. Now before that, the Shach was in Vilna, and other Gedolim, and the Chalkos Mechaikik was the Rav at the time, as we'll see in a moment. When he actually came to Vilna, it's not 100% clear. Some want to say perhaps after the year Tach Vitat, one of those years, Slanim perhaps was destroyed, or was the Kazakhs came to them, and that's when he came to Vilna. Maybe it was earlier, nobody really knows. In, the, in the, one of the books about Slanim, they want to say that in the year Tuf, which would be 1640, he was still in Slanim. I didn't get exactly how they knew that, but they said he for sure was still in Slanim on that date. So somewhere after those years, he was in Vilna. Now his Talmidim in Vilna, and they were also part of the Bezdin of Vilna, were great Gedolim. One of them is the Shara Ephraim, who is the grandfather of the Chacham Tzvi, as we'll see about that in a moment. And in the Hakdama, to Shara Ephraim, his son writes that there was Chavraya Kadisha, there was this holy group, the Rabbanim, Mereiner of Aaron, Shmuel, Kondiner, who was the, I'm probably mispronouncing that name, but he was the author of the Sefer, Birchas Hazevach, and also Mereiner of Shabsi Akoyen Bal Hashach. And so there's that, and the Shara Ephraim are those three, Baal Tzivam, and on top of them, the one who wore glory and strength, the smart, the, the sharp one, um, and that is Av Bezdin Veram Be'ir, the Rosh Hashiva and the Rav of the city, Be'ir Vein Be'Yisrael Kak Vilna, in the city of Vilna, and that is Mareinu Rav Moshe Balchelkas Mechaikek, Hachi Nichbar Min he's the most chashev of all three of them. So he was the Rav at the time. So we could assume that in Toft Hezvav, probably when the Shach ran away and everyone else ran away, he also had to run away and he became the Rav in Brisk. It would seem that that's how it happened as well because he was only Nifter a little bit after that in Toft Yud Zayin. And um, his son printed the Chalkas Mechaikik 12 years after his Petira and it's written over there, Shahaya Av Bezdin Dekak Brisk de Lita. He was the Rav of Brisk of Lita. Now assuming that his son was trying to write where his last Rabbanus was, that's the only thing he writes there, we could assume that Brisk was probably his last Rabbanus, and Vilna came first. Um, now through these two, and Slanim was a nice-sized city as well, but not compared to Vilna and Brisk, through these two Kehilois, he was considered at that time what we would call the Reish Galusa, the Lita, the leader of the country of Lita. He said, we said before he was Nifter in about the year Tuf Yud Zayin, if it's in Cheshvan, it's si- still 1656. His son writes, Ben Gan Nilkach Oren Elikim, that at the age of Gan, 53, the Oren Elikim was taken from us. 
Now, like we said before, 12 years after his Petira, in about the year 1670, is when his son, Taflamid, is when his son um, printed the Chalkas Mechaikek. Um, and he writes over there, Made ani alai shemaim v'aretz, I testify, v'gam ye'idun v'yagidun kaboye chaloi asher lonim b'tziloi, anybody who ever came into his shade, lomdim uflogim, they were great people, learned people, rabbonim uvhakim, asher be'es asher asak b'chibar hazeh. He says, when my father was writing the Chalkas Mechaikek, before he wrote anything down, he waited b'moizne ha'seichel, in the uh, scales of the uh, of intellect, loy pamachas, not just one, kim shtayim shehein harbe pa'amim. This is a play on words in the Mishnah in Masech Teshvuis. Shtayim two shehein arba that are four. So instead of arba, he's making that harbe. Shtayim shehein harbe, not just one time, but two times, which is many times. Um, now his son also writes that his father wrote in very, very concisely in a very short fashion, and he was he relied on the fact that you know all the sugyas and you'll understand it. And his son says, "I was afraid that because of this, my father's pleasant words, people aren't going to be able to read them properly. So therefore, I added things in, and um, in order that people should understand his words." Now he only wrote in Ebena Ezer until Simon Kuf Chavtes, which is the Simon in Hilchas Gittin about names. And his son, and, and that's all he wrote. Now his son writes that I'm hoping Hashem will be mezakimi, that I'll be able to print all the other svarim that I have in my, in, my, uh, in my property from my father. However, we don't know what he's referring to because we do not have any other svarim from the Chalkas Mechaikek other, other than the Chalkas Mechaikek on Evan Ezer. Now, it seems that he didn't name it Chalkas Mechaikik. His son says, I called it Chalkas Mechaikik based on the Pasuk Ki Chalkas Mechaikik Safun, that the uh, portion of the Mechaikik, the leader, has been hidden, which is referring to Moshe Rabbeinu, that Moshe Rabbeinu's kever was in that Nachala, Ki Chalkas Mechaikik Safun. Um, so he writes, His portion that he uh, inherited to the world, it's hidden and it's contained in this, uh, in this Sefer. That's one reason why he called it Chalkas Mechaikek. This is the portion of the Mechaikek Moshe referring to um, the Moshe Lima is in this Sefer. And also he says that the gematria of Chelkas Mechaikek, and Mechaikek in this situation with, without a vav, is 786, plus you add that it's two words get 788, is the same gematria as Bior Litur Evan Ezer, an explanation to the Tur Evan Ezer, which equals 784, plus Bior Litur Evan Ezer is four words, so you add that, it's 788. So Chelkas Mechaikek, and uh, Bir Latour Avanazar are both 788. Now, um, the Chacham Tzvi, who is a grandson of the Shah Ephraim, writes in Simon Kufchav Dalit in his Chuvas, It's well known the power and psak 
of the Chalkas Mechaikik, how great he was. Kasher like my father told my fathers told me, and specifically Abba Mari Haravzal. I'm assuming he means his grandfather, the Shar Ephraim, who was a Talmud of his. Here Bilasapur Baaznai, they were many times they told a lot into my ears, may Oitsem Gedulas Harav, how great the Chalkas Mechaikik was. Asher Alkain Ainlazuz Midvarov, therefore says the Chacham Svi, we do not budge from his words. So that is the Chalkas Mechaikeks, uh, who is on Evan Hoezer, the first Pirush on Evan Hoezer, and again, like we said, he only goes up to Kuf Chavtes. Now we move on to the other side of the page of Shulchan Aruch, and that is the Bey Shmuel, who was known as Rav Shmuel Haramasi. That's, you know, Shmuel Hanavi is called Shmuel Haramasi, he was from Ramah. So later on in Svarim, it's not, he doesn't call himself that, but in later Svarim when they refer to the uh, Bey Shmuel, they call him Shmuel Haramasi, Rav Shmuel Haramasi, the lofty one, because he was such a great person. Now, he writes a little bit more in his Akdama about his life. So his father, he calls him Haroish HaKotzim Arenu Rav Faivish, that's all. The Roish, the head, and the um, prince, Arenu Rav Faivish. Now, sometimes the Bey Shmuel signs his name Ben Marein Rav Fivish. Sometimes he signs it Marein Rav Fivish Uri. Um, for example, in a tshuva, in the tshuvas of Nishal David, which is of David Oppenheim, who was a Rav in Prague, he signs it Ben Fivish Uri. Sometimes he signs it Ben Uri Shraga Fivish. That's an askama to a sefer called Alei Diyoyna. And also on the title page of the original print of Beis Shmuel, which wasn't, as we'll see, originally on the side of Shulchan Aruch, neither was the Chalkas Mechaikik for that, it was a separate Sefer. So on the original Sefer Beis Shmuel, he says, Ben um, Uri Shraga Fivish. Now this is just a, an insight to know, because they all really mean the same thing. Uri means light in Hebrew, Shraga means light or candle in, in, um, in Aramaic, and five-ish is actually in Greek, also means, um, in, in Greek, also means light. The, the, um, the, uh, the uh, Greek uh, word for light is P-H-O-E-B-U-S, Phoebus, I guess is how you uh, pronounce it. Or someone could correct me if I'm incorrect in the pronunciation. But it's the same name like five-ish, it comes from there. So somehow that became the Yiddish name five-ish. So they're all related to each other. We don't know exactly where the Beis Shmuel was born, and we don't know exactly when he was born. But sometime in the middle of the 1600s. So, um, so he was born, he's the next generation after the Chalkas Mechaikik. If the Chalkas Mechaikik was Nifter in the 1650s, so he was uh, born around those days as well. He learned in Krakow, um, he learned under the Rebbe Reb Heschel. The Beis Shmuel did learn under the Rebbe Heschel. And in fact, in one of the things the Beis Shmuel did was he put he, he made a kuntris, a little uh, um, a little uh, pamphlet, so to speak, of how to write names in a get. And we'll talk about this later. And in the letter Kuf, he writes uh, how to write a certain la- name. He says B'shem Meri Verabi Agoyin Merein Rav Heshel Zatzal. So that was his Rebbe, the Rebbe of Heshel. After the Rebbe of Heshel was Nifter in 1663, he continued to learn under the Rav of Krakow at the time. The Rebbe of Heshel was the Rosh Hashiva. And uh, he calls him Ma'or HaGoyla Beitzina Kadisha, the uh, light of the, of, of, of the exile, the, the, um, the holy flame, HaGoyin Meirein Rav Leib. That was the Rav of Krakow. 
and he ended up becoming his son-in-law, marrying his third daughter, whose name was Gittel. In Simon Nun Aleph in Sivkatan Yod in Beishmuel, he quotes Shamati Mimur Bechami Hagoyim Merin Rav Leib Zatzal. He quotes his father-in-law. Now, after after Krakow, it's very unclear where he went. Some say he became a Rav in Shidluv, as we'll see. That's in Poland. It's about 115 kilometers northeast of Krakow. We'll see at the end of his life he for sure became a Rav there. Some say he was a Rav there first as well. And they say that he actually composed the first Madura, the first version of Beishmuel there. The only thing is that in the Hakdama to Beishmuel, he writes that the first version, the Madura Kama, um, is not for Psak Halacha. Because there was no one with me when I wrote it. I didn't have a friend, I didn't have a student. And he doesn't say anything about being a Rav, he doesn't say anything about that at all. And even the, the Madura Kama, which as we'll see, we don't really have, um, the Haskamas on it, they don't even, they don't even mention the Maskimin, the Rabbanu Yivit Haskamas, don't say he was the Rav in Shidlov. They just say, you know, Rav Shmuel. So therefore, it's hard to believe that he was actually the Rav at that time. However, we do know that in the year Tafnun Aleph in 1691, he became the Rav of Firth in Germany. In Hebrew, it's Peyud Reish Vav Dalit Aleph, like Firuda, Firud, Firth. You know, there's no Tha in, in Hebrew, so there's like a Dalit with an Aleph. And um, that's about 219 kilometers southwest of Frankfurt. So it's like, um, I'm sorry, southeast of Frankfurt. Um, so, um, so just to put into to, to, uh, context where it is, it's pretty far from Shidlov and from Krakow for that matter, but he became the Rav there. Now, on his way, he, he was passing through the city of Breslau. Breslau, at that time, was part of Prussia. That's why it's like a German, Germanic name. But it's really, at this point, it's part of Western Poland. And he gave Haskama to the first printing of the Magan Avram. And we talked about this when we talked about the Magan Avram. The Magan Avram, in his life, got three Haskamas to his Sefer. But it was only printed years after he was Nifter. And they got another... Uh, uh, 18 Haskamas after that, and he was one of them. And he writes in the Haskama, When I was passing through the city of Breslau, these two people came to me. One was the printer, the Sivzichachamim, was the printing house, and the, the son of the Magan Avram came to me, and he signs it, Yoyim Beis, um, Monday Beis Elo Tof Tough uh, Nun Aleph, which is 1691. Shmuel ben Marina This is while I while I was on my way traveling to Firth in Germany. Um, in Achuvan and Shvus Yaakov Chelak Aleph Simon Ayin, he also signs Shmuel bin Soyel Machais Chefsaykak Firda, and also Shmuel on his way in traveling to the city of Firth. It's a 500 kilometer, uh, I think, uh, journey, so it probably took him some time to get from uh, middle Poland, mid Poland to uh, to Firth. Um, now. By the year, um, by the next year, Gimel Sivan Tuf Nun Beis, he already gave Askama to the Nachla Shiva, which was printed in Firth, and he writes, I'm already here. So by Sivan in Elul, he was still traveling, of Tuf Nun Aleph. By the next Sivan, he was already settled there. Um, now, from this Rabbonus is where he became famous, and even after his Petira, and even though he was a Rav later on somewhere else, as we'll see in Shidlov, but he was always known as the Rav of Firth, or the Rav of, 
Firda or Firda, however, it was pronounced in Hebrew. Now, Firda, Firth wasn't such a big city. It only had 28 families when he came. But he got very involved in the Tzibur. They, uh, they redid the Shul then. He got involved in, in different Tzibur things. And in fact, in the Tshuva's Chinuch Beis Yehuda, in Shiloh Kuflamad Aleph, he writes, Gam eniti, um, imi, I don't have time any now because I'm too busy. He says, but uh, just the Rufum Riata, Reisiani Divrayim. I just looked, um, glanced at your, at your question. I really don't have time to delve into it now. Now he writes then for another five columns, and he writes at the end, Kol I wrote this very, very rushed and hurriedly. Again, was just coming out in a hurried fashion. So you see, he was very busy with, um, with, with, what, with his Rabbanus. And um, in Be'i Shmuel, Simon Kufchav Tess, where, like I said before, he has a contrast of names of people, he also has names of cities and rivers, because when you write a get, you have to write the city, and the way you identify which city is, is you write which rivers it sits on. So he writes, Poi Kak Firda, over here in Firth, Kaisvin, we write the following. Fjurda, he writes it with a Pei Yud Vav Reish Dalet Aleph. Masa, the city, Diasval, the Nahar Beginins, Valdahar Regnitz, two rivers over there that Firth sits on. In fact, one of them in the history books, they describe how they used to go to Tashlich on Rosh Hashanah by one of these rivers. Now, his Sefer Beishmuel, that's called the Beishmuel Kama, the first edition, that was printed in Tuf Memtes. Um, 1689, before he came to Firth. And like we said before, and he writes in the Hakdama, after the whole Hakdama, he writes, Va'ata Shabasi, now that I came to the city of Firth, Ha'isif Hashem Sheinis Yadi, Be'lamati Be'iun Gomer. Now I went through my whole Sefer again, and I learned it intensely, Be'iun Gomer, with my students, and I added things in, and the additions are greater than the original. There were many things, they either were, 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 were very brief, or they were hard to understand. In my first version, in the second version, I came along, and I explained them very well. And then he says, also in my second version, Motsasi Nafshi, I got a hold of a sefer. Which sefer? The Chibur of the Taz on Eveno Ezer, Vuhubiksavim. It's still a manuscript. It has not been printed yet. Asher Baharbi Mekoimis Kivanti Lidvarev. The Beishmuel says, I was Mechavin to his words in many different places. The Taz and Eben Ezer, we spoke about this when we learned about the Taz way back in Adar, um, that was only printed in the year Tuf Kuf. Um, Yodalit, which is uh, years later. Again, if he's writing this in uh, the tough nuns, we're talking about this is another 50 years later till it was actually uh, till it was actually printed in 1754. Um, so I'm sorry, it's almost. Uh, what am I saying? It's um, yeah, it's about 50 years later or so. Um, so or 60 years later. Now the Taz actually wrote two versions of the Taz and Ebenezer, two Maduras. We only have one of them printed. However, the Beishmuel seemingly had them both. Um, he quotes different things that are not in our Madura. And we mentioned this, I think, then in the, when we talked about the Taz, that the Beishmuel had both versions of it. 
Now, the Chidah writes in Shem HaGedolim that the Beishmuel Madurekamo ain't lahashkiach boy. Don't pay attention to it. In other words, if you have the first version of Beishmuel, ignore it. Because the author himself added and, and changed things and, and detract, retracted from things in the Madura Basra. And that's the one, says the Chida, that's printed in the Shulchan Aruch. Later, as we'll see, the Sefer got printed in the Shulchan Aruch. So the Chida says, ignore the Madura Kama. However, there are many Gedali Achreinim who did have the Madura Kama, and they might even use it. In Shvus Yaakov, Chela Gimel, um, Simon Kufyud Beis, he brings both Madurais, and there's other Achreinim, could be the Chassam Seifer, could be the Naidib Yehuda, Vager, they might bring from the Madura Kama sometimes to even clarify things from the Madura Basra. But that's, we don't have it, and that says the, the Chida, not to pay attention to it. Um, <clears throat> now, after three years in Firth, he left the city. It's not very clear why he left the city, um, the historians have given many different reasons why they think, but there's no real substantiated reason. Um, so he was only there for three years, but that became his, his claim to fame. He was the Rav of, of Firda. And he went to Shidluv. This now he for sure he became the Rav in Shidluv. Um, again, that was in, uh, in, central, in central Poland, northeast of Krakow, between uh, Krakow and Lublin, almost smack in the middle, a little closer to Krakow. Now, um, we don't know exactly when he was Nifter. However, we could figure out a little bit of a window of time. Why? Because he gave a safe askama to a safer Ir Binyamin, and that was Shvat Tof Nun Zayin. So Tof Nun Zayin is 1697. So he was in Shidluv. Um, then in Elul of Tof Nun Tes. If we said before that he was one of the Maskimim on the Mogan Avram in, uh, on his way to Firth, and he was in Breslau, and that was in Tuf Nun Aleph. Now, if you remember, the Mogan Avram was never printed as a Sefer by itself. It was printed together with the Taz on Arachayim in a Shulchan Aruch called Ashli Rav, I'm sorry, Mogine Eretz. Call him Magine Eretz, and that's the Magin David and the Magin Avram. We talked about this in the Magin Avram's Shir. So that was the first version, was in 1691. They reprinted it again in uh, 16, in, sorry, in 1702, but they got Haskamas for the second printing, and in 1699, about three years before they actually printed it, in Elul, he gave another Haskama to the uh, Magine Eretz. So in uh, 1699, he was still in Shidlov, and if you could look um, at that Haskama, um, it says Rav Shmuel HaChoyne in Shidlov. Now, in the Tshuva Shvus Yaakov that was printed in Tov Samach Tes, which is going to be um, 1709, so that's when the Sefer was printed, so he brings a Tshuva that he had a discussion with Merenu Rav Shmuel, the Rav of, of Fjorda of Firth. However, he calls him at that point, Merenu Rav Shmuel, Zal Av Bezdin Fjorda, the Av Bezdin of Firth, Sheniskabel Likash Shidluv, that afterwards became the Rav of Shidluv, the Baal HaMechaber, the author of Beishmuel. So by the year 1709, when the Shvus Yaakov was printed, he was already Rav Shmuel Zatzal. 
So, so we know he was alive in 1699, and we know he was no longer alive in 1709. So somewhere in those, um, in those years is when he was Nifter. We assume he was Nifter in Shidlov. That's where his Rabbanus was. Now in the Akdama to Beishmul, he writes, Acha Shoalti Livnois Libayas. It's a whole poem there, and everything's based on building a house. Beish Shmuel, the house of Shmuel. And the whole thing is about how to build a house and what to do to build a house. So he says, I had one, one desire from Hashem to build a house. Ezebayas. I'm skipping a few words here or there. Which house should I build? So he says, he says, I looked at the different buildings of the Arba Turim Oven, of the four rows of stone. That's the four tours. And he says, I see eleven achas shivim enayim. That's a play on a pasuk. That on one stone there were 70 eyes, meaning on some of the stones there were already a lot of pirushim. doesn't say specifically which one he was referring to. Zulas even achas, but one of the stones, mo'asu abaynim. Even mo'asu abaynim, a play on a pasuk in Tehillim. So nobody was interested. The builders just were disgusted with it. No one was interested in it. Um, and no one printed on Eben Ezer. Until it was awoken by the, the, the I'm sorry, Bal Habir, the one who explained it. The Bal Habir, who is he? Mar Hagoyla, Baitsina, Kadisha, the Holy Flame, the Chalkas Mechaikik. He was the first one who wrote on Evan Ezer, but he writes, he didn't finish the job because he was Nifter in the middle, like we know. And, um, but he said he did something unbelievable and he wrote a Kuntris Agunais. After Simon Yud Zayin and Shulchan Aruch, there's a Kuntris of Agunais, which basically is. And Aguna is obviously a woman. We don't know what happened to her husband. And he brings there the Chalkas Mechaikik, put a little pamphlet together of all different chuvas, all different responsa from the great Achreinim up to his days that talk about different issues of Agunais. So he could have it all in one place. So he says, Shagam Behifli Lasais Agunais. The Chalkas Mechaikik, besides for his Pirush, he did an unbelievable thing with Kuntris Agunais. Now the Beishmul, not here in the Akdama, but he also wrote a Kuntris Agunais that's printed in Shulchan Aruch, and he writes in the preface to that, he writes, Amarti, I said to myself, Toiv Leilich Bikvoisov, it's a good thing to go in his steps, and the Beishmul added in chuvas that were between the Chalkas Mechaikek and the Beishmul's days, and added in those chuvas. Now, back to the Akdama of Beishmul, he writes, I called it Beishmul, um, based on the Pasuk in Shmuel Aleph, Perek Zion, Pasuk Yitzayim, Kisham Beisoy, it says that Shmuel went there with his house. And Chazal in the Gemara and Brachas, Vavam says, Bechomokim Shalach Sham Haya Beisoy Imay. Shmuel, wherever he went, he had his house with him. So he's saying to say, This is my base Shmuel because this is wherever I go, I have this with me. So that's the Sefer Beish Shmuel. As we said before, um, the Madura Basra, the Madura Kama, and when the Madura Basra. Um, was printed. In Shnast, in the year Tuf Pei Vav, um, the Shulchan Aruch was printed, and they printed a Shulchan Aruch called the Madura of Ape Ravravi, and they called it Ape Ravravi because they put into it the two Svarim, the Chalkas Mechaikek and the Beishmuel um, on the side. And if you look at the Haskamas, the Haskamas say the reason is because the Sefer Chalkas Mechaikek Eina Benimsa. There's not found. You can't get a hold of it anymore. Kimechad meir shnayim and mishpacha, based on a Gemara in Sanhedrin. Only one from each city, two from a family. Meaning it's very scarce. 
So they decided to reprint a Shulchan Aruch Evan Ezer with Chalkas Mechaikik on the side and Beishmuel um, on the side as as well. Um, again, assuming he was Nifter, he was Nifter for sure by Tav Samachtes, which is 1709. So this is a good um, 17 years later. So this is 1726 when this was printed. Um, now the printer was named Shmuel. Bunfit from Firth. He was from Firth. Firth. Firth, it seems, there was a printing house there. People printed there. And he says, I called it Apre Ravravi, the faces of the great ones. Api is the faces, Ravri the great ones. Alshem Ravravin Oivdim Visakifin. Based on that, those words, Ravravin Oivdal Visakifin. Those who worked on it were great and very strong. So this is Apre Ravravi. Um, now, in Beishmuel, basically what he did is, he brought a pirish on the Shulchan Aruch, he would bring the Gemara, he would bring the Paiskim, and he would bring a Psak Halacha. And also, very often, he tries to explain the Shulchan Aruch, especially if there is um, contradictions, he tries to explain the words of the Shulchan Aruch. Now, as we said before, one of the, one of the uh, monumental things that he did was he made this kuntris of the names of Anoshim and Noshim, to know how to spell them, and uh, it's used later Mefarshim. There's we had last week. We even cl- quoted the Sefer Tiv Gitin about how to spell Falk. Tiv Gitin is a pirush on the Beishmuel's Kuntris Hashemus. Beishmuel's in the middle. Tiv Gitin is a Talmud of his that's around it. Um, others as well went after and um, and wrote and, and added in names that were came up in their days, but this is a new thing he did, that there's a list of names and how to spell them based on their pronunciation, because all these Yiddish names you have to know, or, or German names or Polish names, whatever they are, how to spell them in a get um, properly. Um, now on this Kuntris, the Maram Ash, the one who is the Talmud of the Chassam Seifer, in his Chuvas Imre Yeshem and Ezra Simonai and Gimel, he says, I heard from the Chassam Seifer, if the name is written in Beishmuel, v'darkeinu lina kemoisei grira basrei kavosei yishlechtoim. We follow everything the Beishmuel says. If you find the name in the Beishmuel, that's how you write it. Um, now, clearly, he learned in his yeshiva in Firth, he learned Evan Ezer, because they wrote the Sefer Beishmuel with him. However, there are some chidushim that his Talmidim said in his name, and I guess passed around a little bit. There's a Sefer called Kol Yehuda, and in Brachis Davchaf Amid Beis, brings from him a Shakla Vitaria back and forth in an understanding in Taisvus there on Chaf Amid Beis in Brachis. In the Kitzur Hashla, there are three things, three psakim that they bring, he brings in his name, in Mesech Techulim. And uh, one of them is that in the Magana, uh, I will say what they are. The first one is in Magana Avram, it talks about answering Yeheshme Rabbah. You say Yeheshme Rabbah Mavarach Lalam Almeomaya, and the Shochanarch says, you say Yisbarach. Now, there's a Shaila, does the Shochanarch mean Yisbarach all the way till Damiram Bialma Vimru Amen? That the part that the Chazin says, the people say as well. So the Magana Avram says, no, the Minikad Mainim is that you just say Ad Yisbarach. You don't say all the way till the end. But the Kitzra Ashla brings that Hagoyin Marash Amar, the Rav Shmuel from Firth said, that if you're in a place where you're allowed to answer, you should say all the way till the end of Imru Amen. Um, but in a place where it's usher to be mafsik, let's say you're in Birchus Kriyashma or in Psukid Zimra, then you only answer Yehishmei Rabba until Yisbarach. 
that's one sack he brings for him. Obviously, we're not knowing that way. Most Svardim, a lot of them go and say all the way till the end. But most people say until Omaya. Some add Yisbarach. Based on that um, Dion, you can look in the Mishabura talks about it. But that's a psak from the Beishmuel. And also he brings there in a different place, Shamati Me'agoyin Marash, I heard from the Marash, the Rav of Firth, that he saw in a tshuva, that he says, if you're in a place that you're allowed to, to talk or interrupt, so then you say, Amen Yeheshme Rabbah. But let's say you're in a place where you're not allowed to be mafsik, but you're allowed to stop and say Yeheshme Rabbah, he holds you're not allowed to say Amen. Amen's a hefsik. You're only allowed to say the words Yeheshme Rabbah. Again, this is not Psak Halacha. We paskin. You could say that Amen. However, that's another Psak in, this is not in Evan Ezer, this is in Arachayim brought from the Beishmul. And the last thing he brings from him in Inyane Sefer Taira is, he says that they used to sell different um, parshias in the Torah, I guess for aliyahs and things like that, and they would auction them off and they would say in, in German, Aguta Parsha, it's a good Parsha. Like Daseris Hadibrois or Bechaz Kayanim, that's a good Parsha. So he writes, Hagoyin Marash Sivala Shamish, that the Beishmuel commanded the Shamish of his shul to not announce a good parsha. It's mashma, it, you can, it implies that the other parshias are not good, that the other parshias are bad, chas v'sholem. So therefore you just say, this parsha of the Aseris Hadibris, that's what we're selling. This parsha of the Birchus Kayanim, but don't say a good parsha, a good parsha. I just want to end off with the interesting vart that he says in Nakdama to Beishmuel. In the middle he says, Agav, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not sure how it even applies and the, the, the thread uh, of, of what he's talking about. It doesn't really have anything to do with it. But he says the interesting thing, Agav Ema Milsa. And he says, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu added on one day before Matan Torah. Hashem was going to give the Torah on the third day, which was Vav Sivan, and Moshe Rabbeinu pushed it off to Zion Sivan. He says, why did he do that? L'chaira, we're, 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 we want to get the Taira. We should get it as soon as possible. He says, but I'm going to explain to you why he did it, and then why he broke the Luchais, and I, I'll explain to you what he means. Because he says like this, Moshe Rabbeinu, um, when he broke the Luchais, why did he do it? The Gemara says he made a Kalvachimer. He made a Kalvachimer that if a, a person who serves Avaydazara cannot eat a carbon Pesach, and a carbon Pesach is only one mitzvah, so for sure, Kla Yisrael, who served Avay should not be able to get the whole Taira, and therefore he broke the Luchas. So basically, his Kalvachimer is that Taira is more holy, or at least as holy as a carbon, as Kachin, as Hektish. Because if you can't eat the carbon Pesach, for sure you can't get the whole Taira. So it's as least as Chamor and as holy as Kachin. So he says like this. He says, the Gemara Masech to Shabbos says that according to all the Tanaim, there's a whole Shiloh over there about a person who's pilot Shech Vazera and he became, becomes Tameh and he has to go to the Mikvah. And the basic idea of how long it's still Metameh, is it three days, is it three 24-hour periods, is it the third day, all different Mach likes him over there. And the Gemara comes out that really the, the, the Torah should have been given to Klal Yisrael as Tevule Yoim. Tvulayai means they went to the mikveh that day and they still have to wait for nightfall to become fully tar. Harav Shemesh. At nightfall you become fully tar to eat karbanas or to eat shruma. During the day, you're tar enough for chulin, for mundane things. You're called a tvulayim. You went to the mikveh that day. So he says, the Gemara over there says that really the Torah should have been given on vav and everyone would have been a tvulayim. 
And Rashi says, why? Because the Tzvul Yaim is allowed to learn Taira. He just can't eat Kachim. However, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want that. He didn't want Kla Yisrael to be Tzvul Yaim. So he pushed it off a day that they should not be Tzvul Yaim. Why? Because he held they should be just as equal to Kachim. Just like you can't eat Kachim if you're a Tzvul Yaim, you shouldn't be able to get the Taira if you're a Tzvul Yaim. Taira and Kachim should be the same. So therefore he pushed it off a day. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu hiskim HaKadosh Baruch Hu agreed and only gave the Tairan Zayid. So when Moshe Rabbeinu saw that HaKadosh Baruch Hu agreed that the Torah is just as holy as Kachim, so when it came time to break the Luchais, Moshe Rabbeinu made the same Kavachimer. If you can't eat the carbon Pesach when you serve Avayi so for sure you can't learn Torah because it's just as holy. How do I know it's just as holy? Because when I pushed off Matan Torah for one day, I pushed it off for one day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu agreed with me. And that's the reason Moshe Rabbeinu had to separate from his wife. Because theoretically, he didn't have to separate from his wife. He could live with his wife during the night times. Hashem didn't speak to him at night. And then in the mo- and right before the morning, go to the mikvah. And he's a Tzvul Yaim. And Hashem will speak to him during the day. As a Tzvul Yaim. What's wrong? He could learn Torah as a Tzvul Yaim. However, when he saw that Hashem agreed that to get the Torah, you can't be a Tzvul Yaim, and Hashem agreed to the breaking of the Luchais, he realized that he can't be even a Tzvul Yaim to hear Hashem's Torah straight from his mouth. So the only way for him to be able to be ready at any moment to, to learn from Hashem and not be a Tzvul Yaim is if he's perish min ha'isha. That's the vart that the Beishmuel writes in the Akdama to the Sefer in the middle. Agav, he says, I'm just going to go off on a tangent and tell you this vart. So these are the two Gedolim, the Chalkas Mechaikik and the Beishmuel, like we quoted from the Naida Bihuda, that the Naida Bihuda says, Afar ani, Afar ve'efer. I'm, 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 I'm dirt and I'm ashes under their feet. He says, without them, Roy Vashulchan Aruch would be a Sefer Chasim. Ebenezer would be a closed, sealed Sefer. HaPerish Mem Kiparish Minachayim. These are these two Gedolim, Rabbi Shalima, the Chalkas Mechaikek, and Rabbi Shmuel Haramasi, the Beish Shmuel. Shchusam Yagim Aleinu, Ve'al Kol Yisrael. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Kol Tov.